there are those that will notice that my shirt has not changed this month if you're just watching the Monday morning messages. Well, they're all being recorded ahead of time, as we often do, just to make sure that they are for you uh, when the time comes. Today, it's uh, we're going to continue in the more lighthearted, not devotional form of looking at Christmas traditions. And we've looked at uh, the, the three kings, we've looked at St. Nicholas, we looked at silly things like ugly sweaters and um, elves on the shelf. But today, more ancient. I'm going to go way back here. And I, I have a leg up on this because, you know, I speak Gaelic. I know Irish as well. Um, I'm not real good with Irish, but I know it. Um, and I know the old Celtic legends, and the old Norse legends and Germanic legends. Uh, I know them well and have read and studied them for uh, at least the last 40 years and done so with great joy. I, I enjoy doing it. What you might not know is how nasty, brutish, and short life was for thousands of years. Absolutely thousands of years. Uh, it's humans, it's amazing we're here. Whenever you would go into the northern lands, and please remember, ice ages were real, and they really did do amazingly horrible amounts of damage to the to humanity as well as to civilizations, as well as to animals. Um, there also were many ice ages that killed just millions of people, literally. Our, 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 our planet has always cycled. I mean, uh, Britain was uh, once a tropical paradise. Uh, you find fossil uh, fossilized tropical plants all over Britain. And all over the top of the Rockies, you find uh, marine fossils and uh, signs that used to be a paradise. Well, things change. Uh, things move. But for a long time, and in human memory, the northern countries have dreaded winter. Now, not so much today. When I go up to Canada, let's say, uh, and I'm up there in uh, January or February, and they're, they're, they're looking at you know, another three feet of snow. They get all excited because they have proper clothing. They have places to warm up. They've got skis and ice skates, and they've got food. And so now you can look forward to winter because you, you want to go skiing, or you want to go ice skating, or the like. Or you just want it to snow so that you get out of school that day, and I'm cool with that too. But for most of human memory, winter was a thing to be feared. In fact, in Nordic and Germanic legends and, and faiths, hell existed. But hell was a place of continual darkness, howling wind, and cold. There weren't flames. It was cold with no relief. And that's just, um, I would love to go on for about 20 minutes on that, but instead, just put yourself back in there. You are a people who, it doesn't really matter now, um, you know, what you wish and what you want. Winter's coming. And as it shuts down the day and things get darker, you can't just go in your house then and pick up an extra 15 pounds over the winter uh, eating and 
you know, not, of course, not watching television. You didn't have electricity, but you also could not afford to burn candles or keep the fire lit, except in emergency situations or very, very special ones. So when the sun went down, you would be in a one room, generally speaking, one room home, sometimes with several families and chimneys had not yet been developed. And so there would just be a hole in the roof. Well, we all know what heat does, right? Heat rises. So heat goes up to the roof, but if you're close to a fire, and if you've never been in a place where you had to be just be warmed by fire, you can be roasting on the front and freezing on the back. It's just not efficient, not without some sort of directional into the area and without sealing up the room so that most of the heat went up, it was wasted. It still is if you've got a fireplace that you have to open the flue, <coughs> excuse me, and you have no, no way to direct the fire out, you know, reflect it back into the room. But the smoke would also hang in the air. And uh, in Scotland, and I, I think in other countries as well, they called these houses black houses because the inside was covered with soot. Soot, you got little kids in there, it's freezing. You're crawling around under as many blankets as you own. Literally, you would stay under blankets as much as absolutely possible day and night if you didn't have to be outside you uh, to go get water uh, which is very often frozen i uh, even my father who was born in poverty they'd go get the water and the next morning it, the bucket is right beside their bed <coughs> sorry i gotta take a lot of nowhere i shall take a, a refreshing beverage they would uh, wake up in the morning and the bucket of water would be solidly frozen in their room. That was life for a long time. And you would crawl under those blankets and you would try to, to, to eat any food that you could. But here's the thing. If you didn't have it, you couldn't eat it. And you only had it if the crops were okay, if the fields had worked for you and the weather was good and you stored up enough to barely get you through the winter. Most people did not gain weight during winter. Most people nearly starved during winter. That's the reality of people for thousands of years. You, um, what happens? If you have a needle, you're a very blessed individual and you can make some repairs to blankets and clothes and maybe even stitch together something to go over that drafty part of your house. But what happens if your needle breaks? You're done. There will be no more needles until the, the winter is over, the sun comes out, and you have the time one day after doing all of your work to craft a needle. Grab an, a bit of ivory, somehow make a needle or trade for one. These little things that to us cost pennies were life and death matters to them. This is the human memory now. This is the human experience. And so they would sometimes want to keep morale up, of course. And so you would put 
you would use sympathetic magic. And, and if you don't know that term, look up the, the term sympathetic magic. It's where you try to do something on a small scale that then affects the universe on a large scale. So, uh, for example, they would collect greenery because evergreens have always been a source of fascination to humans. And they would collect those and they would weave them into a circle. Now, it did several things. The circle, of course, meaning eternity, the path of the sun, uh, life, life, death, life, death, that whole cycle. But also the green was almost an in-your-face to, to winter. Look at this. This isn't dying. Even woven around in this, it's not dying. It's still green. And it gave you a sense of hope. Now, most of the time, these weren't hung on the outside of your house, but sometimes they did. But in many of the countries, you weren't able to secure something like that inside because of the wind. Uh, the, the wind in these northern places, uh, up in the Hebridean Islands of Scotland, like um, it is, um, it is something you may want to experience one day, but only because you don't have to experience it all your days. Well, they would also bring it inside, and this did several things. Uh, they would put boughs, evergreen boughs, around the house, among the blankets. It did several things. One, it helped open up congestion when you burned a little bit of evergreen and that, that little eucalyptus smack or that, uh, that oil of pine smack hit you. It would open up the chest a little bit and help you breathe and ameliorate some of the worst of the breathing issues that people developed in, in these black houses. Um, then it also helped the place smell a bit better because your chamber pots, your, your buckets for both ends, are in the house. You know, and every so often, somebody is tasked with taking those out and tossing them. Uh, if you lived in a house in the, in the rich area of Edinburgh, Scotland, back even through the 1800s, you would just throw it out your window right onto the street. You'd yell, Gardilu, as it went. And, and it was all over the streets. And if people didn't watch out, it was all over them. This was life. Nobody knew of anything else. But well before the 1800s, they would throw it out sometimes, scoop it out and swish it around with snow and kick it back out. But not water. Water was too precious. You, you had water was what you drank. Now, there was no milk unless you were able to bring your animals inside with you, which many of them did. Uh, the animals lived, you know, the cattle were in the same place you were. Uh, so think of that for a little while, all right? It, winter was hell. It really was. And so there would be times where in desperate situations, and, and the wise people knew when to call the desperate situation, that you'd make entreaties to the gods to bring back summer. And generally speaking, in Nordic uh, circles, the legends were that the, the gods were fighting and the gods that hated us, the gods of winter and darkness had won a battle. But then in spring, the god of life was resurrected and he would come back and fight the darkness away for a time. And that cycle continued. But the wisest ones knew by knowing the stars and the patterns when the darkest day would come. 
we now call that December 21st, but or, or you could argue 20th in some parts of the, of the world. The point is, we know when our darkest day is. Now, when I'm recording this, uh, daylight savings time just you know, switched over. And so here we are on the eastern edge of the central time zone, which means at 4.30 already, and I'm recording this in um, early November, uh, it, at 4.30 in the afternoon, it's already going dark. And it's just insane. But there it is. And then you go to some of these countries and you're dark for months at a time. But they knew when the next day would be slightly longer and the next day slightly longer. And so on that darkest of night, they would put a log, a real log, not just sticks, a real log on the fire. And they would put evergreen boughs around it. Now, if you've ever burned an evergreen bough, you know it puts off a lot of smoke, crackle, and light. It's quite the show. That Yule log in the fire, and they would light candles. If they had the candles to light, they would light them as kind of an in-your-face to winter. And of course, the next day it starts getting brighter, so your sympathetic magic worked. It always helps if you know the calendar and science to make your magic work. But that's how, that's how they did it. So you would sometimes, on that same day of celebration, which was really a forced, you know, we're going to bring the sun back. And, you know, again, you would give gifts. Now, these gifts were incredibly simple because life, again, was nasty British and short. It might be that you had someone trudge to a neighbor and hand them a new needle, a piece of dried fruit, some jerky that you'd made. Uh, some, And think about what this is. If I'm giving you a needle, what that means is, I want you to live so much, kind of like giving you a kidney. Because while I might have another needle at home, I don't have two. And I want you to live. Give you food, that you should get it by now. Food was so hard to come by. And if you ran out, you were dead. But I will help you. I will give you more life by giving you food. Or they would come and they would sing you a song. Because think about it, you're trapped in here all this time to be distracted by an ancient legend and music and poem. And you, they would do it again and again till you learned it. What a gift. Now you have a story to tell and retell around the fire. You, know, Some of you may have had grandparents or great grands that said now when we were a kid all we got were some oranges in our stocking and we were happy and you look at them and you go no you weren't but maybe they were because it wasn't that long ago we didn't have that much extra and little things was all you really could give but back then it was i'm sharing life with you i want you to live well this predates jesus by some measure. And when Christian missionaries entered these lands, they saw the hand of God in all of this. And so they talked to them about the wreath and eternity and about the son who rose from the dead and who will never die and who is even there in the darkest of nights. 
and the tree, that life and the lights on it, which back then sometimes they actually would put a candle on there, not advisable. Uh, a lot of people died. Even today, people die in fires at Christmas. It's tragic. But back then, it was very common if somebody lit and got the fire too near the tree. For thousands of years, however, that's not the way it worked. You would just throw the log on the fire, um, and it was away from the walls because you'd, it was a, a circle or an oblong or a roundhouse, or sometimes they called them longhouses, in which case several families and all their animals lived in it. But missionaries looked for that, and they would talk to you about the one who gave us the greatest gift of all when all was darkest. And they would talk about love and light, and a Prince of Peace who is the Son of God. So that's the way that they reached these Northern people, by taking their legends and putting Christ into it. Uh, and uh, come on. Whose legends and stories don't need Jesus put into it? There are people I know that go, you know, Jesus wasn't even born December 25th. We have no idea when he's born. With all due respect, you don't quite understand what's going on here. It wasn't saying this is when he was born. It was a celebration of his birth on this day. This is the day we choose to celebrate it. That's what it means. And yeah, the meaning of that gets conflated because people don't listen with precision and some people don't speak with precision, but they, they were able to walk in and say, let's inject Jesus and our celebration of life right here on the darkest of nights. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think Christmas is a beautiful thing. Don't let the world ruin it. Don't get upset at commercialism. Don't get upset at the other. Yes, it's nasty when they always have to push more buying at you, but you don't have to do it. You can teach your children how to celebrate life. Tell them the old stories and then tell them the best story. May God bless you. Celebrate Christmas with us this year at our safe harbor. We are, we're looking forward to you being with us. May you have a safe and wonderful Christmas. We will see you online or at the soundstage.